0: Section 10, Chapter 7 of Holidays at Roselands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Nugent. Holidays at Roselands by Martha Finley. Chapter 7 Alone, Alone how dear it is always to be alone willis it was only a few days after adelaide had suggested to her brother the propriety of separating elsie from her nurse that he had the offer of a very fine estate in the immediate neighbourhood of his father's plantation mr grenville the present owner was about removing to a distant part of the country, and, having become somewhat reduced in circumstances, was anxious to sell. And, as the place suited Mr. Dinsmore exactly, they were not long in coming to an arrangement, satisfactory to both, by which it passed into his hands. Horace Dinsmore had inherited a large fortune from his mother, and, having plenty of money at his command, he immediately set about making sundry improvements upon his new purchase, laying out the grounds, repairing, and enlarging the already fine old mansion, adding all the modern conveniences, and furnishing it in the most tasteful and elegant style and so rumoured with her thousand tongues soon had it noised abroad that he was about to bring home a second wife and to that cause many attributed to elsie's pale and daunted looks such however was not mr dinsmore's intention I must have a housekeeper, he said to Adelaide. I shall send Chloe there. She will do very well for the present, and it will give me the opportunity I desire of separating her from Elsie. Why, in the meantime, I can be looking out for a better. But you are not going to leave us yourself, Horace, said his sister inquiringly not immediately adelaide i intend to end this controversy with elsie first and i indulge the hope that the prospect of sharing such a home with me as soon as she submits will go far to subduing subdue her mr dinsmore shrank from the thought of elsie's grief if forced to part from her nose but she was not a man to let his own feelings or those of others prevent him from carrying out any purpose he had formed if as in this case he could persuade himself that he was doing right and so all his arrangements now being made the very morning after his late interview with elsie chloe was summoned to his presence he informed her of his purchase and that it was his intention to send her there to take charge of his house and servants for the present chloe who was both extremely surprised and highly flattered by this proof of her young master's confidence looked very much delighted as with a low courtesy she expressed her thanks and willingness to undertake the charge, but a sudden thought struck her, and she asked anxiously if her giant was to go with her, Mr. Dinsmore said no, very decidedly, and when Chloe told him that that being the case, she would much rather stay where she was if he would let her, he said she could not have any choice in the matter she must go and elsie must stay chloe burst into an agony of tears and sobs begging to know why she was to be separated from the child she had loved and cherished ever since her birth the child committed to her charge by her dying mother what had she done to so displease her master that he had determined to subject her to such a bitter trial mr dinsmore was a good deal moved by her grief but still not to be turned from his purpose he merely waited until she had grown somewhat calmer and then in a tone of great kindness but with much firmness and decision replied that he was not angry with her that he knew that she was very faithful in her kind care of his wife and child and he should always take care of her and see that he was made comfortable as long as she lived but for reasons which he did not think necessary to explain he considered it best to separate her from elsie for a time he knew it would be hard for them both but it must be done and tears and entreaties would be utterly useless she must prepare to go to her new home that very afternoon so saying he dismissed her and she went back to elsie's room well-nigh heartbroken. and there the little girl found her when she came in from school duties sitting beside the trunk she had just finished packing crying and sobbing as she had never seen her before oh mommy mommy what is the matter dear old mommy what ails you she asked running to her and throwing her arms around her neck chloe clasped her to her breast sobbing out that she must leave her, Maza Horace was going to send her away from her precious child. Elsie was fairly stunned by the announcement, and for the moment could not speak one word. To be separated from her beloved nurse, who had always taken care of her, who seemed almost necessary to her existence? it was such a calamity as even her worst fears had never suggested for they never had been parted even for a single day but wherever the little girl went if to stay more than a few hours her faithful attendant had always accompanied her and she had never thought of the possibility of doing without her she unclasped her arms from chloe's neck disengaging herself from her loving grasp stood for a moment motionless and silent then suddenly sinking down upon her nurse's lap again wound her arms about her neck and hid her face on her bosom sobbing wildly. oh mommy mommy you shall not go stay with me mammy i've nobody to love me now but you and my heart will break if you leave me oh mammy say that you won't go chloe could not speak but she took the little form again in her arms and pressed it to her bosom in a close and fond embrace Why they mingled their tears and sobs together but elsie started up suddenly i'll go to papa she exclaimed i will beg him on my knees to let you stay i will tell him it will kill me to be parted from my dear old mommy "Till no use darling massa horace he say i must go and you know what that means well as i do said chloe shaking her head mournfully he won't let me stay. No how. But I must try, Mummy. Elsie answered, moving toward the door. I think Papa loves me a little yet, and maybe he will listen. But she met a servant in the hall who told her that her father had gone out and that she heard him say he would not return before tea time and chloe was to go directly after dinner so there was no hope of a reprieve nothing to do but submit as best they might to the sad necessity of parting and Elsie she went back to her room again to spend the little time that remained in her nurse's arms sobbing out her bitter grief upon her breast it was indeed a hard hard trial to them both yet neither uttered one angry or complaining word against mr dinsmore fanny one of the maids brought up elsie's dinner but she could not eat chloe's appetite too had failed entirely so they remained locked in each other's embrace until jim came to the door to tell chloe the carriage was waiting which was to convey her to her new home. Once more she strained her nursling to her breast, sobbing out the words Goodbye, darling, the good Lord bless and keep you forever and never, and never leave you alone. Oh Mommy, Mommy, don't leave me almost trick the child, clinging to her with a convulsive grasp don't now darling don't go for to break this old heart you knows i must go said chloe gently disengaging herself we'll ask the lord to bring us together again soon dear child and i think he will for long she whispered in elsie's ear and with another fond caress she left her all drowned in tears and half fainting with grief an hour might have passed it seemed longer than that to elsie when the door opened and she started up from the sofa where she had flung herself in the first abandonment of her sorrow but it was only fanny came to tell her that jim had brought her horse to the door and to prepare her for her ride she quietly submitted to being dressed but ah how strange it seemed to have any other than chloe's hands busy about her it swelled her young heart well-nigh to bursting though fanny who evidently understood her business well was very kind and attentive and full of unobtrusive sympathy and love for her young charge. the brisk ride in the fresh air did elsie good and she returned quite calm and composed though still very sad fanny was in waiting to arrange her dress again and when that was done went down to bring up her supper it was more tempting than usual but elsie turned from it with loathing do miss elsie please do try to eat a little urged fanny with tears in her eyes what will massa horace say if he axes me about your eating and i'm obliged to tell him you didn't eat never a mouthful of dinner and likewise not the first crumb of your supper that as fanny well knew was a powerful argument with elsie who dreading nothing so much as her father's displeasure which was sure to be excited by such a report of her conduct sat down at once and did her best to make a substantial meal fanny was not more than half satisfied with the result of her efforts but seeing it was useless to press her any further silently cleared away the tea-things and carried them downstairs and dulcie was left alone alone she looked around upon the familiar furniture with a strange feeling of desolation an overpowering sense of loneliness came over her she missed the dear face that had been familiar to her from her earliest infancy and had ever looked so lovingly upon her the kind arms wont to fold her in a fond embrace to that heart ever beating with such true unalterable affection for her that breast where she might ever lean her aching head and pour out all her sorrows sure of sympathy and comfort she could not stay there but passing quickly out on the balcony upon which the windows of her room opened she stood leaning against the railing her head resting upon the top of it and the silent tears dropping one by one upon the floor oh mommy mommy she murmured half aloud why did you leave your poor, heart-broken child? How can I live without you, without anyone to love me? Elsie, said Mr. Dinsmore's voice, close at her side. I suppose you think me a very cruel father, thus to separate you from your nurse. Is it not so? Papa, dear Papa, don't say that she cried with a burst of sobs and tears as she turned hastily round and taking his hands in both of hers looking up pleadingly into his face i know you have a right to do it papa i know i belong to you and you have the right to do as you will with me and i will try to submit without murmuring but i cannot help feeling sad and shredding some tears i am not blaming you for crying now it is quite excusable under the circumstances he replied in a slightly softened tone adding i take no pleasure in causing you sorrow elsie and though i have sent away your nurse i have provided you with another servant who will i think be respectful and kind and attentive to all your wishes if she is not you have only to complain to me and she shall be at once removed and her place supplied by another and i have good reasons for what i am doing you have resisted my authority for a long time now and I must try the effect of placing you under new influences. I fear Chloe has, at least tactically, encouraged you in your rebellion, and therefore I intend to keep you apart until you have learned to be submissive and obedient. Dear Papa, replied the little girl meekly, you wrong poor mommy if you think she would ever uphold me in disobedience to you for on the contrary she has always told me that i ought on all occasions to yield a ready and cheerful obedience to every command or even wish of yours unless it was contrary to the word of god there that is just it," said he interrupting her with a frown she and mrs murray have brought you up to believe that you and they are wiser and more capable of interpreting the bible and deciding questions of right and wrong than your father and that is precisely the notion that i am determined to get out of your head she opened her lips to reply but bidding herself be silent he turned to leave her but she clung to him looking beseechingly up into his face well he said what is it what do you want she struggled for utterance oh papa she sobbed i feel so sad and lonely to-night will you not sit down a little while and take me on your knee my heart aches so to lay my head against you just for a moment oh papa dear papa will you not let me will you not kiss me once just once you know i am all alone all alone he could not resist her pleading looks and piteous accents a tear trembled in his eye and hastily seating himself he drew her to his knee folded her for an instant in his arms laid her head against his breast kissed her lips her brow her cheek and then putting her from him without speaking a word walked quickly away Elsie stood for a moment where he had left her, then sinking on her knees before the sofa whence he had just risen. She laid her head down upon it, weeping and sobbing most bitterly. Oh papa, papa, oh mammy, mommy, dear mommy, dear dear mommy, you are all gone, all gone, and I am alone, alone, all alone nobody to love me nobody to speak to me oh mommy oh papa come back come back to me to your poor little elsie for my heart is breaking alas that caress so earnestly pleaded for had only by contrast increased her sense of loneliness and desolation but in the midst of her bitter grief a loving gentle voice came to her ear whispering in sweetest tones i will never leave thee nor forsake thee when thy father and thy mother forsake thee i the lord will take thee up i will deliver thee in six troubles yea in seven there shall no evil touch thee and the sobs were hushed and the tears flowed more quietly until at length they ceased altogether and the little sorrowing one fell asleep as one whom his mother comforts, I will comfort you, and ye shall be comforted. End of chapter seven.